So I just want to point out that uh, we are live now, but I can hear Big Hero 6 playing in the living room above me. <laughs> what? So if I, oh. <laughs> I, really, I really love that movie. So if anybody hears uh, Baymax or or Hero yelling over my microphone, it's really fucking loud. That's that's what's going on upstairs right now. Okay, John's well, a I bit of a sin it. that it's not AGDQ in the background, man. I was, what are you hey, doing? You know what? You know what? <laughs> I was listening. I was watching Big Hero 6 uh, in the living room before the podcast started, and then I realized, oh shit, I've got a podcast to help run tonight. So I ran down here and left the movie on for my dogs who are upstairs, uh, lonely. The movie on <laughs> Everybody, welcome to episode 100, 133 of SDGC for Thursday, January. What is this? The 11th? 10th? This is the 10th. It's the 10th. 10th. Okay, 10th. sorry. I knew I was going to fuck that one up. If you're not aware, Super Deformed Gamescast meets every Thursday night right here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests. We also do all kinds of other stuff as time allows, like a separate show about movies and TV, community game streaming, and a mental health support show. If you've been along for the, for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a follow. Every single podcast is archived the next day on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch. And you can find us on SoundCloud and Google Podcasts for those who like to listen. And Spotify as well. I should mention that. My name is John. And tonight I'm joined by Derek. What's going on, guys? Maddie. Hi. Norlax. And we are SDGC, and with that, with that being said, time to press start. And we have a guest tonight. Uh, very, very happy. Did we skip Maddie? No, I said Maddie. Okay. <laughs> Snorlax distracted me that hard. We have a guest that isn't a Snorlax. He's not yeah. a Snorlax. He's not a Snorlax, although he's like me and Derek. He's a big Nintendo fan. Uh, Steve Bowling from Nintendo Life and also now from Game Explain. Welcome to SDGC, my friend. Ah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We will see how you feel about that. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. I am drinking. That'll help. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, always I does. It fits I told, right in. I told Steve to bring alcohol. I was very, I was, I was adamant on this point. I, I told him he's, you're, you're gonna fucking need it. When you're dealing with us. I, I take uh, orders. You do Steve. a really good job, John. You always like lower everyone's expectations, and then they show up, and we have this amazing podcast, Why and they're lower, just blown away. Why do you think I lower those expectations? <laughs> <laughs> because if i tell everybody this is a badass podcast and they're gonna have a great time everybody is going to end up disappointed as fuck so if i tell them never that this is a shit show trash fire then they're gonna come out of this feeling really good about themselves. never that is my that is my philosophy but steve anyway uh so you uh you're with nintendo life and now you're with game explain um tell us real quick about how you got to where you were if you don't mind man because i'm super curious to hear about the path that led you to game explain Oh yeah, yeah. It's actually a, an interesting story. So I've been working at Nintendo Life for years now, and I'm still there uh, as their U.S. editor. I help them put together events like E3 and and manage uh, the U.S. side of things. Because if you're not aware, Nintendo Life is mostly headquartered in the U.K. So basically, I'm the liaison for Western developers, publishers, that kind of stuff. Uh, the Game Explain thing happened really organically, actually. Um, Andre and I first met at an event I snuck my way into like five years ago. That's all boys and nerds. I was I was just starting out in the industry, and I had found Kit Ellis from Nintendo on the PAX. Uh, back then, it was called PAX West. Now it's PAX Prime. Uh, or sorry, other way around, PAX Prime show floor, and just kind of acted like he should know me <laughs> and said, "Hey, uh, where's the media event today?" And he gave me all the details, so I kind of showed up there and. Andre and I ended up playing a Smash 3DS together. Uh, since then, um, we've kind of met at various events that we've been part of throughout the, uh, what? Throughout the Jeff. years. And, ooh, hello. Jeff's here. 
Why is Jeff here? Just because he has to come in. So okay. Please, please, Steve, continue. I know we were going oh, to no. five, but, but Jeff really wanted to come in. So okay. no problem. Please continue, Steve. I'm sorry that these barbarians <laughs> interrupted you so incredibly rudely. Please continue. No, no, it's fine. Um, so I ended up um, covering events with Andre. We would just hang out and talk after the events, go have a couple beers. We became friends after that. And uh, it kind of culminated with the idea that I should join the team uh, when we were at the most recent uh, PAX West. And I ended up not having a room, so I couch surfed with them. And I ended up being in their videos as they reached 1 million subscribers. And we kind of got to talking about maybe I should be in more videos. And so I uh, taught myself how to do some video editing with IGN and other stuff like that until I was confident using Premiere. And uh, yeah, joined the team towards the end of this year and have just been doing little bits and pieces here and there. But it's been a fun ride, and they're a great group of guys. Like All of them are really fun to hang out with. They really are. And it, Steve, it, 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 I, I just had this stupid epiphany, and I can't believe it took me this long. You and I are coworkers. I don't know why it took me this long to figure that out. Are we? Yeah, are we? I'm with Games Industry about this, aren't we? Oh, you're right. Yeah, we're both Gamer <laughs> Network. Why, why did I, not make that I don't know why it didn't matter. I know Nintendo Life is with us. Does this, yeah, does this count as like a weird conflict of interest right here? No! Is that what's no, great? but it does mean we should have beers at E3 this year, though. Fuck yeah, sir. <laughs> Steve, that is that's fucking awesome, dude. Like working for Game Explain, like like what a what a you know just like what a what an amazing stepping stone for you, man. Um, Bullshitting your way into the media event is the best part of the whole thing. Ninety percent of what we do in this industry is bullshitting. I'm gonna remember that. Don't tell people that. I I can guarantee you, I have never bullshitted my way into an industry event ever. I just yeah, bullshitted but- my way into the industry. Period. <laughs> Steve, we are extremely happy you're with us tonight, man. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, so we got a lot to talk about tonight. Everybody knows that uh there was a huge industry shakeup today with uh Bungie and Activision going their separate ways. Uh we're gonna get into that. Uh we're gonna get into all the weird uh Nintendo uh Nintendo game announcements on Twitter this week, the Twitter Direct, as people are calling it. I've got my own theories on, on why that happened, uh, but we'll get into that later. But very, but first, uh, I know that Rebecca wanted to talk a little bit about Unity. Um, and I'm not talking podcast Unity. Like, we're we're already a unit. Uh, Rebecca, what is the uni- the Unity that you would like to talk about? So there was, like you said, there was just a lot of news going on this week, and especially today with Activision and Bungie. But there, there was a huge piece of business news that happened today that, like was kind of interesting just in general, but by the end of the day had turned into just this weird ass thing that I think is really worth talking about. It involves two players. Um, one is Unity, um, which is, you know, uh, Unity Technologies. They make the game engine Unity. People develop games in Unity. Um, you know, that's them. And then the other one is this group um, called um, Improbable. And Improbable is a company that created this thing called Spatial OS. It's made in Unity. Um, I'm I'm not a developer, so I, I don't quite have my head wrapped around it, but basically, um, it's this super fancy platform that um, allows people to develop like it within it with these like massive like simulated worlds um, and there's like several games that have been developed in Spatial OS in in Unity. So like Spatial OS is part of Unity, and then you can also use Spatial OS to create like just these huge ridiculous games. Um, so at the beginning of today, there was a blog post from Improbable that said. Unity had changed its terms of service in December and had, because of how all this had shaken out, games that had been made in Spatial OS um, were now in violation of Unity's terms of service and could no longer be run. And that included uh, multiple games. Hold on, I'm going to find these really quick. 
that included multiple titles that were currently in development, um, uh, and then also some titles that were out currently. So like Worlds Adrift was one of them. Um, Clan Games is coming out with this MMO called Seed that's in development, and that you know fell under that umbrella. Um, so there were just like several games, and all of a sudden these developers were like, holy shit, so we can't, like, we've put years and years of work into these games, and they're in Unity, so now we just can't use Unity anymore? Like, what the fuck does that mean? So all these developers were panicking. Um, I mean, I could go into the details, I'm not going to take up too much time, but, like, a couple of them took their games offline very briefly, um, because they weren't sure, like, if they were violating some terms of service or violating some legal thing. Um, and Unity was silent all day. Like, Improbable CEO came out, um, they called, uh... What did, they, what, what did they call it? I don't know. They called it, they, they like said some, they, they were really upset about it. They, you know, called Unity's thing, like, they, they were just really, really upset about everything that Unity had done, saying they had changed their terms of service. It was something to do with cloud and streaming and stuff where they were now viola violating the terms of service. And then Unity came out at the end of the day with this big statement, and they basically said that Improbable was full of shit, and that Improbable had violated Unity's terms of service a year ago, and they had told them that they were violating the terms of service a year ago, and Improbable had completely ignored them, and that Unity, and that Improbable had lied in its post, and all the games that were made in Spatial OS were safe, and Unity was going to keep supporting them, but Improbable itself and Spatial OS were in trouble, and nobody else was. And they basically looked at Improbable and said, you guys just lied to everybody and made us look like the bad guys when really you guys have been violating our terms of service for a year, and we warned you about it, and you just decided not to listen? Mm -hmm. Um... So it was very weird, like, Unity calling them out on that, and then, I thought that was the end of it. I thought that was it. Okay, so, like, okay, Improbable, you know, really fucked up. Unity is, you know, going to keep supporting these games like they should. It's going to be fine. But then Improbable, at the very end of the day, came out with this long blog post that I, I highly recommend reading it. Like, go to Improbable.io and just, like, look at their, like, latest news or whatever and just read the whole thing. Because it, it is an absolute delight to read. They do not at any point acknowledge the fact that Unity is accusing them of lying. Um, they say, we apologize that this event we instigated has created so much uncertainty, confusion, and pain for so many developers. Um, they at one point say that, um, ultimately a commercial dispute between two companies in which both sides have certainly made errors. Um, well, That's the then, kind of language I'm already in love with. <laughs> and then there's a part in the middle where they decide to turn it into a call to action, and they're it, like... This is in the... bold text, that perhaps it's time to create a code of conduct or basic set of principles that the enablers in bold text within the ecosystem need to operate by as against bold text developers and clearly also players. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. And then at the very, very end, they have a PS that says, ironically, on closer examination, our own terms of service have just as many weaknesses and potential future problems as those of other parties that have received criticism today, something we have decided to rectify. They don't mention, like, unity in here anywhere, basically. They just say, oh, both sides have messed up here, and we think it's time that platforms do a better job, I guess, of letting people know when they're going to change their terms of service. I don't know. The whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. I there, There's something happened here. I, nobody knows what Improbable did to violate Unity's terms of service and start this whole thing. There is a story here. I really want to know what it is. That sidestepping is so impressive that everyone that works in that building must be crabs because I don't, 
I don't, they manage to just be like, <laughs> like, hey, let's not talk about what just happened. Let's move to, um, what, ethics in terms of service, I guess? Like, yeah. what what the it's, fuck is happening I, here? I, I read the improbable statement, like, before we came on, because I wanted to try to catch up on what was going on with this whole thing. That was not it, the place to start, man. That well, statement I, I, makes no sense. It, it's wasn't the, the place to end either, thing, apparently. Like, like, it basically reads like somebody's just blog post musing about something. Like, it doesn't seem like a professional thing from a company. It's the weirdest, like, release they could have put out. So I yeah, just and to- I, I, I glossed over that, like, really, like, I just, like, really skimmed the surface on that. I highly recommend, like, going back and just reading exactly what happened in a little more detail. Because it is just, it is real wild, folks. I don't. I don't understand at all, and it's great. I just want to highlight something that was said in chat about this. Uh, uh, actually, this is from uh, Imran uh, from Game Informer. Hi, Imran. Uh, Imran, what's up? He says, Improbable basically ended the day saying, what if we held hands, though? Yep, yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> How the fuck did I miss this? How, like, I have, this is the really the first I've heard about this. It, it got real. I mean, it was weird this morning. Like, I mean, we we broke the news this morning, um, and then there was, like, the blog post and everything, and that, that was kind of big, but we all just kind of were sitting on it and waiting for unity to say something. And then unity finally said something. And I don't know what I was expecting unity to say, but it wasn't, yeah, improbable lying. <laughs> and it's that wasn't like- where I expected that. Yeah. Like, like is the situation resolved now? Like, like, is it? Um, it is, it is, I think for the developers involved does, because does the, sound that over? Unity had, the, unity, the answer unity had for the developers is, yeah, we're still going to support your shit. Don't worry. Please email us if you're concerned. So, it, I mean, unless developers come forward later and say, no, they're not actually supporting our shit, then it sounds like for them it's probably over. Uh, Improbable no longer has a Unity license. So Spatial OS, like, previous developers in Spatial OS, it sounds like are grandfathered in, so they're all okay. But it doesn't sound like we'll see anything else developed in Spatial OS on Unity. Um, any in the future that's fucking, anymore? That's wild. Yeah, it's real weird. It's it's super weird because I remember like I first started seeing like a few indie developers this morning being like, "This is like one of the worst moves an engine maker could have done." Oh, yeah. Like, I, and then it get it got wild as the day went on. <laughs> now I need to go back and fucking read all of this shit. You do. It's re- it's dense, but it weird fucking day for game news. But this yeah. Is- strangest fucking day oh god I like wanna... i think this one just didn't get reported much because it was so confusing and nobody really knew what was going on yeah like i mean i like i said i just skimmed the surface like i i have all the articles up in front of me but i don't want to sit here and like attempt to read terms of service on a podcast when we've got right. other things to talk about <laughs> but i i really do highly recommend like looking at these because it, it is just like real weird i don't it opens us up and to like funny. service jokes and and just no. I can't. The payoff is good. The payoff is good if you read everything else and then get to Improbable's blog post. It oh my god, I was just like dying laughing here I while I was to, trying to write this stupid story. I want to real quick, uh, while it's fresh in my head, I want to give a quick shout out to somebody in chat and offer some congratulations, uh, Mitty, who has been uh, listening to SDGC almost from Jump Street for years now. Uh, one of our one of our chat mods. I just want to congratulate her on her GPA in law school. She got a three point three uh, to get to the dean's list, and she's in the top twenty five percent of her class. So, Mitty, congratulations! We always knew you could do it. I'm we are all super proud of you, and uh, nothing but I, I see nothing but great things in the future. For you. We love you, Mitty. Congratulations, Mitty. That's fucking fantastic. 
congratulations awesome. that is thank amazing. you so much for sticking with us for so long Mini. i know it's probably been a, a trial because we're just a bunch of we're, we're just a bunch of yokels but we appreciate you sticking around snorlax woke up to wave congratulations uh, and, that's how and, excited he is and now he goes back to sleep and now he goes back right. to sleep so guys uh and uh, by the way uh rebecca thank you for that that was a great breakdown of that and now i'm gonna have to go back and read all of that shit uh, tomorrow after i I'm, I'm teaching a class it's worth it to make it to the end Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, but there is, a, there is a lot to talk about. There's a lot more to cover. And the biggest news story today was uh, something that broke. So, so the path to this was really interesting. So uh, Jason Schreier at Kotaku tweeted out some cryptic stuff about Bungie and Activision. And everybody, like, everybody including me, was like, oh, God, what the fuck is going on? Is Destiny dying? What's happening? Um, because the, I think we can all agree the tone of the tweets... Or at least the tone of what it sounded like was happening was super ominous. And so, like, also, our, let's be know. real. Anytime there's news about Activision or EA and yeah. one of their studios they're partnered yeah. with, I just assume it's bad news. Like, well, especially with the weird, like, kind of couple months or you just yeah. month Activision has had. I mean, I know that's yeah. not necessarily Bungie specific, but. Activision just seems to have been hit with a lot of weird, not great, concerning yeah, news lately. And so it just and kind of was, felt like... They're the kind of company well, that, that takes their frustrations out on the, 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 the companies below them. So yes. Well, I mean, they're, they're, a, they're a company that has once bragged about not spending money on carpets. Like to save money, like probably <laughs> um, that story later. I didn't know that. And then they just introduced a new CFO too. Yeah, they just yeah. introduced a new CFO. It's kind. It's clear that there's been some major shakeups at Blizzard. Um, yeah. Mike Morgan's leaving. That was news that yeah. dropped today. And then there's been, especially for the past few years, a lot of rumblings about um, tensions between Activision and Bungie, well, and, and including recently when. Um, this is just a, a couple months ago after Forsaken came out. There, you know, Activision had a statement saying they were disappointed with its performance. And uh, Luke Smith from uh, from Bungie straight up is like, "We are not disappointed in Forsaken. We are proud of what we've made. We are so glad that like our community is enjoying it. Like it was one of the most public like." splits between a publisher and developer i think i've seen even if it was you know phrased as a positive thing like you could tell there were cracks so so so, so yeah let's, <laughs> so so let's 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 take that and and, and jump from it i want to kick it over to steve first because steve has been around the industry longer than i have um but uh so today after all that it broke that and i've got the article on kotaku right here i so credit to kotaku i'm going to quote it um it says developer Bungie and publisher Activision are splitting up an industry shaking divorce that will see the shared world shooter series Destiny enter fully into Bungie's control. This development comes after years of tension between the two companies, tension that has existed since before the first Destiny even shipped. Bungie, the studio that created and has led development on the franchise, told employees during a team meeting this afternoon, framing it as fantastic news for a studio that has long grown sick of dealing with its publisher. And this is my favorite part of the whole article. Employees cheered and popped champagne, <laughs> according to one person who was there. We have enjoyed a successful eight-year run and would like to thank Activision for their partnership on Destiny. I'm sure they did it through gritted teeth. Uh, Bungie said in a in a blog post today, looking ahead, we're excited to announce plans for Activision to transfer publishing rights for Destiny to Bungie. With our remarkable Destiny community, we are ready to publish on our own, while Activision will increase the focus on, on owned IP projects. And uh, the last thing I'll quote here 
is uh, the news comes during a rough time for Activision, which recently went through an executive shakeup and has been cutting costs at its biggest subsidiary, Blizzard. Activision's stable of mega franchises has grown significantly smaller, having abandoned Skylanders and now lost Destiny. Two of the publisher's other studios, High Moon and Vicarious Visions, have been working on expansions and content for Destiny 2. It's unclear what they will helm next. So, holy fucking shit. That is some... Wow. I, I did not wake up this morning expecting you to hear that. Um... Steve, I so so I know that I, I know that you like Nintendo Life and Game Explained mostly focuses on Nintendo stuff, but but are, are you following the situation with Activision and and Bungie at all? Uh, to a degree, I, I uh, have kept up on the articles Jason's written for the most part because dude is like the best reporter ever. He's fucking <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me to be honest. Uh, Destiny Two hasn't been that good. And I say this as somebody who sunk thousands of hours into the original. Yes, I, Destiny right. 2 did not work for me. Um, and, you know, you hear these stories about how development was really tumultuous and how it kind of got a reboot mid-cycle and how Activision wanted to push for for more uh, in-game purchases and that kind of stuff. And it was, the writing for me was pretty much on the wall that Activision and Bungie weren't getting along very well. So hearing that Bungie, you know, basically did the same thing they did with Microsoft and, and buy their freedom uh, doesn't surprise me. Uh, taking Destiny with them also doesn't surprise me. It's the first thing they created after leaving Microsoft. So they want to hold on to it. And I think that there's a real sense among the development team that they kind of want to redeem themselves, showing what they can do when no one else is telling them what to do. So uh, that go ahead. That, no, I was just going to say that's my thing, right, is, is that... I think this is overall a very good thing for the franchise. I do wonder, so, and I, I don't even wonder, I, I want to ask this specifically to you, Steve, and then to everybody here in general. Is there any chance that Activision could have kept that IP? Is there any chance that Bungie could have been cut loose without retaining control of the Destiny IP? Like, was, was that something that was possible? Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. I I feel and like they probably fought really hard for it, though, because, mm -hmm. I mean, after Microsoft and Halo, why would they want to cut themselves loose, loose from a second publisher and lose another major IP? That yeah. Like, that and that would just be awful. I get the feeling and this really could have gone either way. Yeah, and, like, also, like, the article mentioned, like, Vicarious Visions, um, I know Beanox and High Moon Studios have all been Activision Studios that have been supporting Destiny on a lot of the expansions. Um, including a couple that it sounds like were mostly made by staff at High Moon in conjunction with Bungie. Like, um, you know, when Activision started having some of these statements recently about being disappointed with uh, Destiny's performance and stuff, I thought, you know, they might, you know, expand some of those studios that have been support studios, have them carry on Destiny and cut Bungie loose. I was not expecting it to go with Bungie retaining, you know, full IP rights um, in the future. I Yeah, I could have sworn I saw a tweet earlier today. I, I want to say it was Imran, uh, but I'm not positive. Somebody uh, was, it was talking Imran. about... It was hey, Imran! Imran. Like a yeah. month or two ago, they, they were looking into kind of just completely pushing Bungie away from it and having certain affinity um, keep supporting it. I'm glad it didn't go that way. But it sounds like as of, what, a month ago, it could have gone either way. Yep, so I don't want to be uh, like a killjoy, but I, I think it's uh, it's great news for the game. But I think we should be a little cautious about uh, proclaiming Destiny like fixed and guaranteed success. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, we all oh, know yeah. that 
they went through a similar celebration phase when they split from Microsoft. Um, and, you know, even though I think it's clear that Activision has had an influence on Destiny, and I think it's clear some of it has not been good. I think it's also clear that a lot of Destiny's problems have been inflicted by Bungie themselves. And uh, just because Activision isn't there doesn't guarantee that Destiny is now going to be a perfect game. There's still a lot of uncertainty yeah. and work to do. Um, but I think we can all agree that uh, it's always best when when you have a single vision behind a game. And I think that's the problem with Activision or any other company. When you have someone making the game and then someone else influencing decisions behind the scenes, uh, it's just never a good thing. So I think regardless of the outcome, at least having complete control over the vision and the execution of everything in the game has got to be a positive. So, some, no, Justin, the, go ahead. Sorry, the other side of that is like... Um, you know, Bungie has been, especially since, you know, the launch of Destiny 2, which um, was met with very um, negative reactions from yeah. the core, the well, core well, Destiny like, fan base. For like the first week. Well, well for the first like couple weeks, <laughs> yeah, it was good. That. And then once people got into the end game time, but like they've been trying to be, you know, more open with their community and communicating directly with the community. And you know, something that is probably difficult when you have a publisher that has to, you know, vet everything that you say before you release it, um, or how you talk about, you know, issues with a game in the future. Um, you know, those things can be very difficult. So at least for just like, I think like relationship between community and the developers, I think that, um, that bodes very well from this change. I do also think it'll be interesting to see what Bungie does that isn't Destiny. Um, the piece of news that came up when I was researching this is that back in June, Bungie got um, a, an investment of more than $100 million from NetEase. And like that's, that's interesting in of itself, but like if you look at the you know, quotes from like NetEase and Bungie talking about it, they talk, they talk a little bit about mobile, um, not specifically, like no specific terms, and they also talk about like, oh, what's the phrase, let me see really quick. Uh, dang it, I'm not going to be able to find it really quick, but they, they, oh, uh, they will begin the creation of new worlds. That's the phrasing, um, that was used by, um, by them. And they, Are we sure that's yeah, not it's... new worlds in the context of, like, the Destiny universe? Like... Uh, no, so, so the phrasing is, um, Nettie's noted that Bungie founder and chief creative officer Jason Jones will begin the creation of new worlds. Parson confirmed the tense of that phrase, saying the studio had almost entirely focused on building Destiny. So they're they're referring to something other than Destiny, but you know, no specific. I so like with all the you know with, with all that focus uh, from Bungie, and I, I you know full, I don't know how big the team is, but I'm surprised that they have the 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 size or or I guess the capacity to to create something else on the side. Um, so Nettie's money, man. Yeah, that's no, that's a good point. Um, I want to point out something that Steve said and uh, and kind of bounce it off something that uh, Jeff said um, because I think they're both worth mentioning. Like you, you know. Jeff is very right to state that this is a this is a great development potentially for Destiny, but nobody should be like that. This doesn't automatically mean the game is fixed. And Steve is also very correct in that you know, like like Destiny is cyclical. It seems right. Like I put I pumped thousands of hours into the original Destiny. When Destiny Vanilla launched, Destiny One, it was okay. And then by the time the Taken King hit, like it righted the ship completely and made the game finally what everybody had envisioned it to be from the start and then things kind of went back downhill with, with rise of the machines uh and then when destiny 2 launched things were great for a couple of weeks and then everything sunk down until forsaken and now everything's great again um but i you know i think bungie is going to have to work really really hard 
to build back some of that consumer confidence that they've lost um, because of the, I guess, up and down nature of the quality of the game itself. Um, and and there are rough waters ahead for 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 Bungie because there are, I mean, you got the Division 2 coming out, you got Anthem coming out. Um, Fortnite has completely taken the entire industry by storm. Um, and it is not the same. The gaming landscape is just simply not the same as it was in September 2014 when Destiny first launched. Uh, I, w- I almost said Borderlands 3 is coming, but who fucking knows anymore? <laughs> so, like, 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 who knows what's going on with that? But um, I don't know, Steve, man, do you think that, like, I think we can all agree this is a good thing for Destiny, but I don't think this, I, I agree with Jeff, I don't think this is a guarantee. And, like, where do you see them taking the franchise from here? Because this kind of opens up, I mean, they, they've got the baton now. Like, they have the freedom to do pretty much whatever they want with the game now. So, right. So, I, I think that... Um... You know, Imran is actually making some really great points in the chat right now about that NetEase money that they may possibly be willing to fund another year or two of Destiny 2 DLC. So who knows if maybe this will extend the life of Destiny 2. Uh, But what I'm really hoping we see is a proper sequel, Destiny 3, uh, without a publisher kind of, you know, steering them in the direction they want them to go. Uh, I mean, we're on the verge of next gen, which I hate saying because we're always on the verge of next I, gen. I know, yeah. <laughs> but but for sad. real this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean... I called it on Twitter earlier today. Yeah. I'm telling you, Destiny 3 on the Epic Store. I don't think there's going to be a Destiny I did 3. I, I think it's going to be a game oh, well, service thing that they're well, just what, evolving over time. What I think is going to happen is... Because... Um, Based off of like some of the reports that Schreier has made, like part of Destiny's issues, is they haven't been able to address like some of their technology and engine issues that underlie their co- ability to create content fast enough because of the release schedule that they were on from Activision, based off of their uh, requirements, you know, for that agreement. Um, what I think is probably likely to happen is they're going to make another game that's just like destiny subtitle and then that will be the platform from now on something that ha- has proper technology behind it to be able to quickly iterate on it destiny then... real-time strategy game it's coming next <laughs> um Nettie's money destiny mobile destiny wars well and, and also that they might want to move from something that you know activision can't claim any kind of ownership over um because it's not like it's not like tomorrow destiny's getting activision's name patched off of it or anything true i think we should highlight just how bad their tools are if uh jason's reporting is anything to go on um, i don't yeah. remember the specifics but we're talking like and, and so i'm just going off my memory here but for example something like moving a rock from somewhere to somewhere else could take three hours or overnight to render that change like extremely heavy like dense tools that make it uh very possible to impossible to make changes on the fly or be reactive um and i i think actually that's going to be a huge like we're talking years uh of overhauling their systems to get them to where they want to be if they can if they want to move to a live service type game uh where they need to be able to make rapid changes and produce content at a quick pace uh, i think their best bet would be to continue to support destiny 2 for another year or two and in the background, work on those tools and then relaunch it with a new service, maybe early next gen, like 2020 or something. Yeah. So, uh, RAR, and did we just lose somebody? We lost Steve. We just lost Steve. Oh, oh there you go. Yes. He's back. Whoa, sorry. This, about Discord, that. Discord is so up and down. Uh, RAR, uh, RAR in chat makes it really, uh, he, so, it, well, he, say, he says, so I guess we'll see Bungie bounce back now. Eh, like, 
who knows you know like i was thinking about this earlier and it's like i just realized it's probably going to be about like four years before we even know exactly how this is going to impact destiny it's going to be at least two years before we get like probably the major release that is made without any kind of activision involvement and then it's going to be a year or two after that to see how they support it over time yep. um, yeah. before we really well, see I don't if know, this man. is a good move. I don't know. I, I want to I, I kick this over to Steve. I want to kick this over to our guest. So I've been thinking about this ever since the news broke, right? Like how how soon are we going to start to see a sea change for, for, for Destiny 2? Um, and I know that Bungie wants to – like they now that they're able to flex their creative muscles as, as hard as they can, I know that they're probably aching to start implementing changes in the game immediately. Um, and, and even if they do that, like, at, you know, just at the micro level, I, I, I think, I think we're going to see change sooner rather than later. I think they, I think they are going to be, I think they really want to improve the, the, not just the game itself, but I guess the perception of the game in the community, which right now is, isn't great. Um, but, uh, like, I don't know, Steve, what do you think, man? Right. I think the most they can do with Destiny 2 at this point is really basically PR work. Improve the game's economy, improve smaller things about the game to to uh, help improve people's perception of it, to gain goodwill and credibility towards an eventual new game release. Uh, like I said, I think, you know, we're really close to the next Xbox. We already know that that's in the works. Yep. It'd be silly to think a PlayStation 5 isn't in the works, you know, or... Uh, I don't think it's in the hands of developers yet, but it's definitely been specked out somewhere. The so, Nintendo Change is going to launch in 2023. Obviously. You. The Nintendo Transform. I'm waiting for this year's new Nintendo console. But we'll I, talk more I, about I'm going to be a dope in my I guarantee it, because it's Nintendo. But Nintendo Switch Pro or Nintendo Switch Lite? Nintendo Switch Pro. Lite. I'm, I'm a pro gamer. I'm a real Lite. gamer, Reb. It's a Switch Lite. But we'll get, get another. Yeah. No, no, I, I want to know from the Nintendo guy. Yeah, let's hear so, it. so this year, I'm confident we're getting a light, but I'm not ruling out a pro. I, I would, okay. I would say I'm 100 percent on a light. I'm 50 50 on a pro this year. I want that. I want that sweet okay. pro action. Good oh, and uh, shout out to uh, our buddy at MPD, Matt, Matt Pescatella, in chat. Matt, we love you. What's up, Matt? Matt's coming on soon. Hey. Matt's coming on soon, very yes. soon to talk about NPD. By the way, uh, Matt, we have missed your presence on the uh, on the show. Um, so, so yeah, uh, going back to Destiny yeah, for a please. minute. Uh, <laughs> 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 I think no, that I think that uh, we're we're going to see some some minor tune-ups and differences in Destiny Two. I don't think we're even going to. We may possibly get an expansion, but I doubt that. If there is an expansion coming out before Destiny Two is sunsetted completely, then it was already in the works before this hand handoff took place. I I, I agree with that. So, yes, I, I me, me too. Probably whatever their big September update is is still going to come, and then. After that, who knows? Destiny yeah. on Switch? Destiny on Switch? Come on. I believe. I choose to believe. No, I choose no, to believe, not. Steve. Oh, no. no. In my I, heart. I, I want it, but it's not going to happen. I would I love that. Do you really want to use the Switch online for Destiny? I want to play. Do you really want to use the Joy-Con? Yeah. I don't try anything on the Switch. I will so. literally, yeah. I'm one of those guys. I'll literally, I'll buy anything on the Switch. G- give me Gyro um, and I'll play it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> dude, the gyro controls. Are gyro aiming yeah. is is the truth and the light, uh, man. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna front on that. Like that would. Gentlemen, please. So sorry. So, <laughs> here's my here's my question for everybody. Like, like let's talk about the positives here, right? Like, I think I think how long is it gonna be before this silly? And I'm speaking as somebody who has turned on his Xbox once in the past four months. Like, sorry, Zach, but I just don't play that thing very often. How like how soon are we gonna see all that? 
PlayStation 4 exclusive Destiny content disappear? Because I, I I get the distinct impression that was an Activision choice and not a bungee and not a bungee decision. That deals that for the current stuff that deals up in September, um, and I I assume it gets renewed. At, like every year or whatever so i don't know what's going on behind the scenes but for the stuff that's currently in the game that the the playstation exclusivity ends in september i think that i don't think you're going to see it renewed and i, hope I don't think so. i don't I hope think so not. either and i hope so i hope not too i would i would so much rather have cross play or cross platform yeah. saves for destiny than have some exclusive strikes and items that kind of suck i i don't by the way just off topic i don't know if you guys see what's happening in chat right now <laughs> <laughs> i don't even have an opinion i was just joining in with everyone else ian, ian there is ian there's no fucking we don't we don't shit talk uh gyro controls on sdgc or in the chat my man like that'll not only will that get you a swift ban as you can see everybody will leap on you like a bunch of cannibals jumping on a horse <laughs> gyro is bad yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it either. It feels yeah. weird. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. Let's be reasonable. <laughs> okay, I'll rephrase it. Gyro is bad in every game that I've tried gyro in. Uh, you clearly have not tried it in Breath of the Wild. Man. I was just playing it today, and I'm not a huge fan. Actually, I think Breath you gotta of the Wild get, the worst gyro. You gotta get used to it. Oh, my God. I, see, the thing is with the Switch, I hate moving the screen I'm using to... I can see... I just want to point out Steve is managing to keep a very calm, united front, but I can see the... <laughs> I can see the rage boiling with rage, bubbling behind his <laughs> bubbling behind his eyes. Um, you, you Wait, know, Steve, like, are you pro gyro or anti gyro? Oh, I'm totally pro gyro. Hell oh yeah. yeah, he knows. He knows. He's get. He gets it. And gyro Speaking controls. Which, gyro I just controls. gotta throw it out to the Godfather on the Wii for having some of the best, most violent gyro <laughs> controls. <laughs> oh my god. See, pointer control. Pointer controls. I'm all for. Listen, Ian and all of you, I was once deluded like you. I played the first Splatoon with no gyro controls, and I was terrible. How and when I got you, Splatoon 2, well, no, but when I got Splatoon 2, I said, you know, I read a bunch of articles online that said gyro is better. I'm going to give it a fair shake. And I was reviewing the game, and I did the whole review period with gyro, and by the end of it, I was a fucking evangelist. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just throw this out for everybody in this podcast and everybody in chat. If you want to see true if you want to see like the apex of gyro controls like you've never seen before go to youtube and look at i can't remember the exact name the exact name of the game but it is a horse jockey game uh, that you could play on either the wii or the connect and you simulate i already don't feel good about this no 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 no, no, no. you simulate riding a horse and the guy playing it is so just enthusiastic about riding that horse like like it's the most amazing thing you will ever see. May, don't shake your head at me. Nah, that sounds I, I, I'm bad. telling you right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna find the link. Wait, what? I thought it. we were talking about gyro aiming. You this just sounds like yeah. I thought you were talking about Activision and Bungie. What the fuck happened? I told Speaking you of the switch. Yeah. SDGC not, happened. Not <laughs> even not even the much, much improved production values we have are ever going to change the fact that we get off topic for fucking everything. I, I have a segue <laughs> from Gyro back to Destiny. Hit All us. Right. I like it. So, so Gyro is great in like Doom, Wolfenstein, and one Warframe. This is which, Destiny. Which, yes, it's going to get there. Well, I, I know which, where it's going. I, I know where see I'm where going. going. <laughs> I really want to see Bungie kind of go more in a Warframe direction with their uh, their business model. 
because they have like full control of their platform. Their back end is like made for quick iteration and they just like are pumping out it's free content just constantly. And their community is so into it. That's the kind of like content release schedule that Destiny needs. I just don't think they're really equipped for it with their their tools right now. But like I they really need to look at what Digital Extremes is doing with Warframe because it's that, kind of insane. That's exactly what I'm thinking and hoping. Like I can't imagine they're not looking at what Warframe's doing. Yeah, Warframe's like out. that kind of like silent success story that like it's massive, but nobody really points to it. They always point at like Destiny and Yeah. Yeah, I'm just always like, oh, that's that dumb game JT's always. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so War, Warframe, Warframe is huge. Like, didn't they just like start having their own like annual conventions with like huge numbers of people turning out and everything? Yeah, they've had like two or three conventions. Guys, 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 guys. quick shout out to Linda underscore New York in the chat. She says, we got a pretty lady and a bunch of handsome men. Flattery, everybody, will get you a Ooh. fucking call out on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. I cannot make that clear That's enough. So nice. Like, I just want to point out that John's affection is easily purchased. Like, <laughs> so easy. Like, and I just want to point out that nobody has ever commented on our good looks until Steve came on the podcast. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's worth anything. It's that beautiful wavy hair. He does. It it's those flowing locks. It's like they're they're feathered mm -hmm. and lethal and beautiful. It's just it, it's, it's the whole thing, man. I like it. Anyway, please continue. I will stop this fucking podcast for flattery. I will derail. <laughs> for you, you just have John. You just but, have. But no, I think I think Maddie, you're you're right, and that's 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 kind of on the right path because you, you are also correct that Warframe does not get enough attention for how much of a success it is. Like to me, it was weird that Warframe coming to Switch wasn't as big of a story as it absolutely was. Um, there's there's a ton of success to be had in that free to play model. Um, and Destiny, like whether they reform Destiny two into that, or they launch their next Destiny project in that vein, I think Warframe is almost one of the best, like, kind of sets of guidelines you could follow for something like Destiny. Yeah, and Warframe is like, if you just walk up to somebody in the GameStop and you're like, "Hey, how about that Warframe?" They're gonna be like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, but well, statistically, them, a like, bunch of people are playing. So, yeah, but like, I, I think that's like a very strong community that they've built, like, and it's it, not, it's it reminds not me really of, like uh, widespread. Yeah. It reminds me of sports games where they have like, you don't hear about them in the regular gaming circles, but they have massive communities. They just happen to have, they, they're kind of on their own little world discussing them. Like it's, there's just maybe not as much because that's all these people play. Probably a lot of them. Uh, yeah, exactly. Is, they just yeah. found one game that they can log into every night and but like destiny already has that mind share so like if yeah. they can if they can leverage that into faster content creation and like more control of their kind of like flow of release like it could be enormous like even bigger than it got at its peak so yeah like that's a really really good point right there so like the people that you run into in a GameStop are like the majority of the gaming purchasing audience like the people who are on the internet and know about this whole split between Activision and Bungie is like exponentially a much smaller group of people than the people who actually buy these games so it really doesn't just in terms of like whatever the next game is going to be it doesn't matter quite so much 
in terms of initial sales, what Bungie does with Destiny, if they slap the name Destiny on it, people are going to fucking buy it. Now, if they botch it, that'll be a problem <laughs> down the line. But just for, they have a, at least a little bit of leeway and a little bit of forgiveness with whatever the hell they do next, just because people already know Destiny is a thing and they will just go buy it. I am really curious as to like how they go about like monetizing Destiny in the future for like, you know, if there is another game that becomes like the platform um for Destiny because um it's something that, you know, has been talked about in a lot of the communities for Activision's games how Activision has kind of been over monetizing stuff like Destiny has a lot of pretty expensive passes every year like when Forsaken came out um, people were trying to figure out what they needed to buy to be able to play it um, because there was, you know, weird rules with what was included and what wasn't. Um, uh, you know, there's the Eververse store, which has caused a lot of controversies, especially during, you know, event times and stuff. And like, um, and Call of Duty has been moving even more towards it. Like, you know, Activision really kind of pushes for like over monetization. They don't kind of, they basically take the things that they can charge for and charge for them without doing the thing, the things for the community that other groups do. Cause like right now, call of duty has a season pass. It has a battle pass and it has expensive cosmetics. Like, so I'm really curious to see like what kind of approach destiny takes in the long term. So there's, there's, um, there, there's one more thing, one more piece of the puzzle here that I think we need to discuss before we move on to talking about Nintendo, and it is the actual effect on Activision itself. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think it's safe to say that Activision is not in the best place right now. Today, the last time I checked, their stock had dropped by about 7%, I think. It's a pretty um, hefty drop. That's a big, yeah, man. That's a that's a that's a sizable drop. Um, Isn't that about as much as like Apple's dropped when they yeah had, like, something like that? We're talking about like and, iPhone um, sales slowing down. Yeah, and, and and so like the other thing to consider is that like a lot of Blizzard IPs aren't doing as well as they used to. Like you know the Fallout. Like, I never agreed with the Fallout from the Diablo Immortal launch. I you know like I. But, you know, having said that, you know, like it, it affected them, it affected that brand. There was a huge negative uh, news cycle about the Diablo IP after that. And Overwatch is not doing anywhere near as well as it used to. Uh, Heroes of the Storm is being is, is being dropped. Um, there's no news about Diablo 4. Uh, so and I'll kick it over to Steve and then to Derek, actually. I want to get Derek into the conversation. But like, where does Activision go from here? Because like, do, you know, Destiny is still a moneymaker. And I'm surprised that Activision for all the news about them being unhappy with uh with destiny 2's sales like i can't believe that i mean the game is still successful so i'm surprised they let this go to be perfectly honest with you and i'm wondering what i'm wondering what the future holds and what the immediate future holds for for activision right now um somebody in chat i think it might have been midi uh mentioned free to play blackout could be a huge um thing for activision let me see who it was. I don't know, Steve. Steve, I want to kick it to you. What do you think, man? So uh, I'm going to point out again our boy Imran in the chat because uh, he's he's really summing it up really well. Imran's uh, got the good takes. You just need to get you on the podcast, Imran. Yeah, you really do. He's an awesome guy. I make sure to pay him a visit every time I'm in town. Uh, but he says Activision is weird. There's a band of extremely dedicated people who want to make games constantly at war with people who are only concerned with shareholders. So you get your Sekiro's and your Spyro's along with 
everything else, which hmm. honestly, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Um, Activision's going to be fine. They, they make money. Well, yeah. And I guarantee <laughs> Bungie had to buy their freedom. So I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure. sure that they took some of that Nettie's money and, and sent it back to Activision to get uh, Destiny. But um, yeah, I, I think that Activision is kind of this company that has an interesting dichotomy going on where you do have some really talented creative people in it, but you also have people that are just looking to turn a quick buck, which is how you get things like the Eververse store out of- You have the Bobby Kodix and the, yeah. Yeah, so, so I think- Honestly, Activision isn't going anywhere. They're they're the new EA kind of, you know. People yeah. will hate them, but they'll buy what they make. Yeah. So. And I, I consider it kind of like, like you've got to think that Blizzard is looking at this right now and thinking, oh God, if we only could have gotten away. Like, oh yeah. Oh, if we only could have pulled away. Like, oh my God, why couldn't we make this happen? Yeah, people oh. still love us. <laughs> Let us go. Honestly, like, like I don't know. Like, maybe I should have rephrased that. Like, maybe, maybe Blizzard is in a worse state than Activision is right that's, now. That's that's actually my take. To be honest with you, oh, Activision Activision is going to be fine. Activision makes a bajillion dollars. Um, you know, the, if you look back at what they've published over the last several years, it's it's mostly been remasters and and recollections and Call of Duty and Destiny, Skylanders. You know, which is now canceled. Um, Sekiro is going to be like the odd man out for being one of the only Activision games that is like a standalone game not attached to like a regularly monetized annual or service type franchise. Um, but I still have no idea how that deal happened. Is there any insight into how like from hooked up with Activision for publishing that game? Not that we know of. But um, but the big thing is like Activision has a ton of big licenses. They could find a way to drag back from the dead. Like they have some IP diversity to try to bring something back and and fill up um, production pipelines and make some money. Like them losing Bungie won't be the end of the world. Um, I think at, the problem is Activision struggling does put that stress onto Blizzard because we've already heard um, straight from you know the mouths of people at Blizzard you know, how that's impacting management, that how that's impacting the way they approach their projects. Um, and and it's it's not exactly been uh, Crash Remaster. That's, that's what I was talking about. That, that counts. Um, but um, Blizzard has kind of made it clear they're not really feeling great about the situation that, that Activision has put them in. Uh, and like I said before, Activision is like EA. It's a company when they're doing bad, they take that out on other on, on the other companies attached to them. Um, it's it's Blizzard who is ultimately going to get the whip cracked on them more to get more predatory with its uh, monetization and its games to maybe be uh, like drop standards um, on titles. It's it's that's not really the way I want to phrase that, but Blizzard's lost a little of its magic over the last few years. A little bit. Lost a lot of it. World um, of Warcraft, I know, because I'm I'm a yeah. big WoW WoW fan, and that game is in trouble right now. It is not having a good expansion. People are super unhappy, and even like really? like Legion, um, Legion had a really good launch when it came out, um, and it, it's generally regarded as a good expansion. Um, but so far, Battle of Azeroth has 
not been nearly as well regarded. A lot of people are really upset with how it's proceeding. Um, just a lot of the systems that Blizzard put in place seem like regressions to what was being done before. Um, people are excited about WoW Classic, but that's still only a very small subset of people. They won't and be excited general, for long. <laughs> no, they won't be excited for long. Once they re remember that WoW Classic is actually shit, that'll be It's terrible. Um, and they're also offering that for free with a regular WoW subscription. So, I mean, I, I don't know what that's going to turn out to be like. Um, but then the other thing is... Uh, after I believe when Warlords of Draenor happened and subscriptions went down, like Blizzard stopped offering subscriber numbers, and they haven't since. They keep saying that every launch is better than the last one, and maybe that's true by some metric, but but it could also, be spikes that drop back down. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what what the thought is, right? That like people aren't continuously playing this game, and well, I mean they have other big games too, like Hearthstone and Overwatch are still really big games, but yeah, they're kind of. They seem to be faltering, and it sucks because Blizzard does have some really good IPs that people have loved for years and years and years, and no one wants to see those disappear. But also, they got somebody there's got to figure some shit out, and more aggressive monetization is probably not going to be the answer for some of those. Yeah. Activision has long had a very, um, very aggressive, is the way I'll put it, like management style, um, and I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to, but I'm going to kind of liken it to venture capitalism in a certain way. There's a bit of a strip mining effect All right, going on. Um, and I just feel like Blizzard has more life to drain. Um, so if, if, if Activision, if, if, um, yeah, if Activision's struggling, then Blizzard's going to be feeling that pain. I feel like more than Activision proper, because what, what can you do? So are you going uh, to stop Call chat. of Duty? No. Good, good mention in the chat to add on to that, too. Heroes of the Storm esports got shut down, right. um, which basically like kills the viability for Heroes. Yeah. Um, and then Hearthstone is also having its, it's been struggling a lot in its tournaments. So, yeah, um, yeah, Blizzard's just hurting right now. Just yeah. it's like it's just weird to be talking about Blizzard hurting right now when like, I don't know what, two years ago, like they were at the top of their game. Overwatch was rocking. Hearthstone was had what 20 million players like and now we're talking about how and, and how much pain blizzard is in like yeah it's just it, it's like it's it's emblematic of just how quick your fortune your fortunes can change here's the storm is dead hearthstone is in a really tough position starcraft 2 is basically out of the public conversation entirely diablo 3 is i mean despite constant re-releases is really not doing very hot in terms of player retention, WoW is struggling for all the reasons we've said earlier. Blizzard, Blizzard's big win left in their chest is Overwatch, and even that is not, it's not doing really great. doing them that great anymore. I mean, great. they made all their sales, and, you know, as far as we know, it hasn't really done them as good in terms of either player retention Which, or monetization. Honestly, so. like, I, I think Steve will agree with me. The answer is bring Overwatch to Switch. Oh, absolutely. Bring it, have you, bring it have you seen Paladins or Overwatch Lite? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That's how There's I... There's a that, hole for that kind of game left in the Switch's library. Yeah. Paladins was uh, was part of my arsenal to get my son off of Fortnite. And, uh, <laughs> like, the, the other piece of that puzzle was, was Smash Brothers, and it finally worked. Um, but I want to um, I want to highlight two things in the chat real quick before we move on to our Nintendo uh, discussion. One... Um, uh, I want to congratulate uh, RARDK64, RAR. Uh, he has been listening to us for a few months now, and our chat has gotten bigger every single week. I love seeing all that activity, and we need another mod. So congratulations to RAR. He is our newest mod. Um, so congratulations. You know, yeah, dude, you're going to do awesome. 
and we appreciate you hanging out with us uh, for so long, dude. Seriously. Uh, and uh, the other thing I was going to say, I can't remember now because I've had like a couple. It's probably today. what Imran said uh, about basically the biggest success Blizzard has right now is Overwatch League, which is correct. Overwatch League is almost like the model for how esports um, should be run and should be uh, presented to the public and publicly driven and how it's succeeding for them as a business. Um, Overwatch League is doing fantastic right now and there's ways they could continue to improve, but that is definitely a very, very high point for Blizzard right now. That's not what I was going to say at all, but I'm glad okay. you pointed that out. So. <laughs> there are certainly ways they could improve. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I want so I want to move on to some Nintendo discussion and the Twitter direct. And I'd actually like to kick this over to Steve if you're comfortable talking about it, not to put you on the spot or anything. Yeah. But but um I, there was so based on last year and I believe the year before, everybody had been predicting a Nintendo Direct this week. I know I that I was hoping for one today. I was like, oh man, here we go. It's it's time. And then we Well the January getting... Direct is pretty much a tradition at this point yeah. that we get one in January after a little bit of holiday silence. Yeah. And it's like, hey, here's what's coming usually up through um, end of spring, maybe like kind of leading into E3 kind of territory. Exactly. So was last January the one that had the chibi robo on fire thing, which was amazing. I have a T-shirt of that. It's great. (laughs) So so like so like, I don't know, Steve, like, were you expecting something this week? Kind of. So yeah. that's that's hard to say. <laughs> I'm definitely expecting something this month. I mean, like you said, the yeah. the data kind of bears it out, right? We've had a January direct for the last few years, so so it's come to be expected at this point. And logically, January 10th just seems like the date that a lot of folks, including inside the industry, were putting a pin in the calendar for. Uh, that said, I started to become pretty concerned earlier this week uh, when I hadn't heard anything. Yep. You know, yeah. normally. I'll know at minimum a few days in advance if there's going to be a direct, uh, you know, or I hear things from other developers or other people in the industry like, hey, I've heard, you know, such and such has an announcement coming and and those announcements start to converge on one date and you can kind of put it together. Uh, I know that people on Twitter now are kind of speculating that there was a direct for the 10th and it got canceled. And that, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't buy it. I don't, I don't know, buy man. it for a second. Um, all these announcements are weird, though. Like, but Nintendo still like has tiny, major tiny, announcements they've got to have. But like, Derek, Derek, like Yoshi's Crafted World, like Yoshi's release date dropping is the is probably the biggest and weirdest thing because like, everything else is is re-releases, right? So like, far, none of these announcements seem really like a okay a release date for Final Fantasy Ten. I don't know. Yeah, like that, uh, yeah, that that's the thing. Like people are Dragon's Dogma. Well, yeah, but that doesn't seem like a major direct announcement. Like, it's cool, but, like, it's but, a niche game getting, but you know, Yoshi a Switch release. Like, Yoshi, Yoshi is the only one that, you know, is weird to me. But, like, but also it doesn't seem like that would be, you know, the headliner of a direct or anything. Yeah, Yoshi know. got, like, an hour and a half at E3 on their Treehouse stream and has been in, like, two other directs. I, yeah. I think they were probably, like, all right, Yoshi had his time. I, I think know, it, it came I really up... want to like talk to somebody at Good Feel at some point and figure out what happened with Yoshi because wasn't it announced back at E3 of like 2016? 
17, is that yeah, right? Yeah, it was the first year. Yeah, it, it, it was a like, long time ago. It's like dropped and it got all this attention and then it just vanished. It was supposed to be a 2018 Wooly game and it disappeared. World. And then, and, but Wooly World was like a big deal. Like they put that on the 3DS. That was yeah. like a really big game. But I feel like we have just not seen very much marketing for Crafted World hardly that, at all. I think, game, I think that game's in trouble, to be honest with you. Steve, what do you think? Yeah. So um, I'm again going to point out Imran in the chat because what he says echoes what I've heard. And uh, from what I know of uh, Crafted World is that it's being developed in Unreal Engine 4. And the developers at Goodfeel, this was their first time with that. And so they've experienced numerous difficulties in the creation of the game. So it's it's been something that that has just been delayed. Hey guys, can I pause this conversation really quick? I need to go because I need to go write up a story for games industry. Um, oh no. Epic, Epic and Improbable create $25 million fund to transition devs away from Unity. What? Oh wow. What the fuck? <laughs> what well, the that's fuck? Unity's not having a good day. Talk to you later, enjoy yourselves. Well, that's, <laughs> a, cap, that's a capstone to that argument. What a fucking day. All right, good night guys. Have a great podcast. I'm sorry, I gotta go. Not not a good day for Unity. <laughs> well, indeed. That's, uh, wow, okay. Um, Man, Unity's probably not happy with Probable today, are they? Breaking news here on SDGC. Um, this has been, uh, guys, I think we can all agree that uh, this has been quite the, uh, quite the, uh, I don't know, we, what the, like, <laughs> Derek, Derek's grabbing Yoshi. Okay, look, okay, I, I can't get distracted, okay? All right, I'll put him away. Okay, wow. Um, so anyway, uh, back to Yoshi. Um, well, back to Nintendo in general. God, yeah, we'll go to that God, in a minute. Go. Shit, so um, let me get us back on track with Nintendo. We can try to maybe touch on this in a few minutes when we get more information. Um, so I'll say one of the big things to me, because the only major, major thing that I would expect to be in a direct so far that's been announced is, is the Yoshi release date. Everything else is a re-release of an existing game being ported to Switch. Um, and then I think the Kirby's Epic Yarn on 3DS, but I mean, again, that's just a, a re-release port. Um, but those are the kind of things that make really good filler, right? They take up 20 to 30 seconds of a direct and you get a bunch of those things back to back to back. Um, and, and they make really good direct fodder. So the one big thing that... I think needs elaboration and somebody pointed out in chat, but I can't scroll up to see who it was. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses was supposed to be released last year and we've still not seen or heard a lot about that. Um, and I think a lot of us were under the impression since it was just, it was just, just not going to make it in 2018 that, that it would be probably in early 2019, which Fire Emblem games have been releasing in spring anyway. And, just, and now Derek, I just want to point out real quick, like unrelated to this, but I think it's funny. Like, Rebecca is a legit games uh, a journalist for gamesindustry.biz. Imran and Chat uh, is a game informer, and they both had to leave to cover this at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> like, Imran and like, Ch Imran was like, "What? what? I gotta go," and he's what? like, "God." <laughs> yeah, By the way, what kind of like embargoed business announcement comes out at 10 p.m. Like, <laughs> look, you know what? So here's the thing. And the fact that it, that Epic games is now involved with this is look, I have not been on the like Epic games, like arm flailing brigade that's been going on, but them getting involved in this shit is starting to not feel great, guys. 
No, it's not. <laughs> it's starting to raise <laughs> some hairs on the back I, of my I, neck. I don't want to derail. I, I, so yeah. So I'll look up more information. You guys do. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so you've got, uh, so what was interesting to me about the, so this morning we started getting the Final Fantasy announcements, right? Like Final Fantasy 12, which is just a poor Final Fantasy game for all you guys that are here. We're not getting get into out. this. Get out. Uh, Final Fantasy 12, uh, Final Fantasy 12 is launching on Switch on April 30th. Uh, Final Fantasy 10 and 10-2 are launching on April 17th, but no news about Final Fantasy 9, no news about 7, no news about uh, Crystal Chronicles, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, oh, tremendously. No Chocobo's Mysterious Absolutely. Dungeon, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Um, so those release dates were were conspicuously absent for me, and I agree with something that Imran said right before he left. The, the strangest thing about for example the yoshi announcement was just the time just a random 5 p.m pacific standard time you know release date drop for yoshi's crafted world um and uh i don't know man like like i maybe there wasn't a direct announced for this week but steve tell me what you think about this does it does it feel like they're offloading all the smaller stuff in preparation for something later this month that's what i believe um i've been hearing from multiple sources uh since probably October of last year, that 2019 is just going to be fucking insane. Uh, I mean, well, people have said, if you thought 2017 was good, like 2019 is going to blow your mind. And that's well, huge because we got Zelda, Mario, Splatoon, and Mario Kart all in 2017. Well, let's look at the stuff that we know is coming this year, like, or that it lines up. We have Yoshi, we have potentially Bayonetta 3, we have potentially Pikmin 4, we know about Animal Crossing, we know about Pokemon, we know about Fire Emblem, uh, potentially Metroid Prime 4, maybe not, like, and that's just what we know. Right, and the folks I've talked to have told me that that is the tip of the iceberg. Oh. As far as oh so, by... I'm I, my expectations are way up here. Oh yeah, I'm so, hoping we get so, trilogy this year too. So I yeah, so, that, so oh my god, if that thing so ever here's gets the announced. thing. Here's the thing about that, right? Like I I had so many people tell me, like so many people who are in the know, tell me that it was going to be announced at the Game Awards, and it wasn't, of course. Um, but oh, I know for, but but I like but I but Steve, like I know for a 110% certainty that the like it's fucking real. Like Metroid Prime trilogy for Switch is real. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's it is a game that is absolutely coming and it's coming this year. It's just I don't know why Nintendo won't fucking announce. Like, please, Nintendo, I feel like we've heard announce the game. We've heard that like, rumor like three times, and it's every time it's like it's to me. Time. It feels like the Xenoblade Chronicles export thing. Like, does it exist? Maybe is it coming? Well, not, I'll wait until it gets right announced. Now, Derek, Derek, <laughs> Derek it's, uh, Steve, it, you tell me, but it's not a it's not a rumor. Like it it's coming. This is this is a different animal. Um, okay, I was so confident that. Prime Trilogy was going to be announced at the Game Awards that I had a drafted article written and ready to go. Damn. I told uh, the the other editors at Nintendo Life that this was happening 100%, yeah. and it was the first time that I've been wrong on that. Like, like, mm -hmm. like I, mean, I, was telling, I was telling these guys, like, I literally had reputable insiders DMing me saying, hope you're watching the Game Awards if you're a Metroid fan, because here it is, like, Metroid Prime Trilogy, and for whatever reason, it was not announced. Um, I think I think January. If we get a direct this month, Steve, like that, that's it. Like they have to announce it. Yeah, um, I, and I, I definitely believe that we're going to hear a lot about Metroid this year. I, uh, I, I think if we do get a direct this month, because honestly, I believe we're getting one, but I don't have anything concrete yet. Um, that it's going to be huge. The this alternative is, is they're dumping the small stuff so that they can focus on bigger things. Like, that's it, what I'm hoping for. That's because I mean the the possibility of them just straight up not doing a direct in January just feels 
wrong. Like, what it, I think it'll be. I mean, what week. it kind of feels like to me is that they're gonna do a deep dive on something, like kind of yeah. like what they did with you know Smash E three, Smash Smash ones. Yeah, like you know, it might not. I don't. I don't know what game it's gonna be, but like, may, it could be Fire Emblem. It could be Animal Crossing. Could like, it be can, Metroid Prime Four? I mean, probably not this early, but I I don't want to say it because I you got Metroid Prime's my favorite game ever. I've been waiting for this game for a long time, and I don't want to jinx it because I feel <laughs> like if I say it out loud, it, um, which is why I said Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> I feel um, like Fire Emblem would be the likely suspect. Yeah, fi- considering that, that's actually that's actually what I'm leaning. How leaning much closer to. to release it is, and how little yeah. we know about um, it, and the fact that Nintendo's been trying to make Fire Emblem well, I'll say they succeeded at making Fire Emblem a, a pretty good pillar of their release. Yeah. Oh like, no, the, yeah, like, especially Fire with is a thing for Nintendo. Especially yeah. with like, especially with Heroes taking off too. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I expect Fire Emblem on Switch to be a really big deal. And I so love I, I think, I, need I think, um, you know, if this is them, like, kind of burning off some smaller announcements, it's not because they're planning like a big megaton after megaton thing. Yeah. It's going to be a deep dive on a specific game. I think. I think it. I think the most likely candidate. So, so like Steve, tell me what you think. But I think we'll get an announcement for Metroid Prime trilogy. I don't think that. I don't think that'll be the deep dive. I think, I think the de- I think the first deep deep dive we're going to get on a direct this year is going to be Animal Crossing, and I think it's going to release in the summer. I don't I, think this is a holiday game. I don't think so. Um, Jeff is muted, really? but I wish I could have just heard him right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not safe for Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Animal Crossing is going to be a huge focus. I see it launching in September at the latest. Uh, the latest, because that yeah. People love to play that series over the holidays, and I think it'll be a huge uh, holiday seller. But I think, um, yeah, I think that our options are either Metroid uh, Prime Trilogy or Animal Crossing, because I see them holding off on Pokemon Gen 8, which is also coming this year, yeah. until oh, E3. I think that's going to be... Or right before E3. It's been kind of in that neighborhood for but a couple of releases. Freak, doesn't Game Freak normally do their own thing with Pokemon, though? Like, like with showcasing that? It's gone back and forth, I think, because they've I had... I think usually the mainline one have been more with nintendo they kind of do their own thing i think for a lot of the spinoffs let let's go was in a direct and stuff, they got their right? own direct for that i thought yeah, yeah and the direct yeah. where they yeah. announced quest and um, yeah it yeah, was, was a pokemon related and one. then but then like sun and moon and x and y were both released standalone before e3 but like right before e3 um but then i think ultra sun and ultra moon were both just in an e3 presentation if i remember right so Right. So, I, I, I see Pokemon Gen 8 as being their holiday game this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Especially with, you know, uh, Let's Go having released so recently. Um, and to be honest, I see that kind of ties into my whole theory surrounding the Switch Lite. I, I think we're going to get the Switch Lite specifically because of Gen 8 coming to Switch. Do you think that, that's good? So when you say that's Switch a really Lite, good point, that's going to um, be like a, a non dockable Switch, just a permanently handheld Switch. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know that you save I mean, much guess, by doing that, though. I mean, to be I just, honest, well, I would guess the entire title of the console. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I imagine it probably just wouldn't come with the dock. Or well, that's something. what I'm saying. Like, this like, is por- it, a fully yeah. portable device. Yeah. You just yeah. Yeah. The dock. And you don't save much because the dock is what does most of it, the work. It could just be a, you know, 
a smaller one that's more like pocketable because i know some people have complained you know the switch isn't portable enough for them um well, you know it's funny when they announced but, that that was my yeah. big complaint because and then yeah. i ended up not using it portable but yeah like i mean when i was when i was hanging out with when, when i was hanging out with jeff grubb at uh at, at pax west we were training for the kind of funny intersight championship the next day, Steve. And we were at a bar and he just pulls his switch out of his pocket. No protection. It just pulls. I was like, Oh, I was like, no, no, don't you yeah. No, 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 no. Oh yeah. No. Like, yeah. Oh, but no, um, no, 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 no. Anyway, this is why he lost. But I think, oh, exactly. I think that makes, <laughs> but I, I really think that makes a lot of sense uh, with Pokemon because also like part of the reason um, you know, the mainline Pokemon games have sold so well is because, you know, they were on, you know, lower cost handhelds. Right. So I think la- launching like, you know, a cheaper, maybe smaller, more portable kid, kid friendly, you know, switch alongside Pokemon would would make for a lot of consoles sold and a lot of games sold. Well, and there's a lot of options. As, as was brought up, I mean, you could remove the dock and just still let people use the dock that already exists and is sold separately. Um, and that's a good way to cut costs. Like, if you take away the dock, it's already a Switch Lite. I mean, well, right, but you could sell the Switch without the dock. And then you have a lower price point for people who just want And then they can buy the dock later to make it to get like their home kit, right? But that's a good way to lower the entry price point. Um, another thing is you could maybe make a model that doesn't have detachable joy cons. It still has the Bluetooth capability. It still can connect to wireless controllers, but it can be a little bit sturdier for the kids and it can be a little bit cheaper for not having the removable components. Um, and the joy cons not being wireless. Um, I think that's a possibility. Um, another thing is they could honestly increase battery life very easily just by moving up to a, a newer chipset. Um, you know, a lot of people talked yeah. about them moving up to like the X2 instead of the X1 or a related chipset uh, and getting additional power out of that, like, oh, Switch Pro. And like, no, knowing Nintendo, they would move up to that better chipset because then at similar clock rates, they could get better energy efficiency out of it. Um, and that combined with maybe a little bigger battery, they get much better battery life, which helps with the portability aspect for people who want to take their Pokemon out and about. So, I mean, there's a lot of options, but I think I think Switch Lite is the way. Not Switch can't be docked ever, not home console only Switch. It's not going to compromise on that possibility. And I, I really don't think we're going to see the, the uh, 4K Switch. I'm sorry, no, Twitter no, insiders. No. It's no. it's not fucking happening. Like so I've got a I've got a switch light with better cooling and better battery life, and I'm all in. I'm yeah. just, I, I'm if there's an OLED model of the Switch at any point, which isn't Nintendo's mo, but if that ever happened, I would. I just got a Switch a couple months ago. I would throw money at that. That would be like a Switch Pro kind of thing down yeah, the road if yeah. that was to happen. Um, well, me- I still think that that like a graphically. Like a dock that has an, a a supplemental external GPU would be a, maybe a smarter choice than a separate switch model. But so hold on, hold on. What do I, I know? A, I got a zesty take I want to drop. And I, I, oh I, no! I, I, oh I, no! I don't like your zest. No, no, no. no, no. Handles so many. I'm gonna put some spice on this one. I got some spice. So if there is a Nintendo Direct this month, I think Metroid Prime Trilogy will be announced, and I think it's going to drop in February. Um, do we I have think, a Nintendo first party release in February yet? Not, which is why hmm. I think that that's what's going to happen. Something's coming, um, and it's going to be like a port or a collection. It's, it's, it's not going to be, be something new it's, that soon. It's going to be a port. You don't drop a new first party major Nintendo game in February. 
Um, uh, unless it's Fire Emblem, because I mean, they've done very well in February. Fire Emblem, I think, was is a Mar- April May title. Um, I, Didn't I Awakening don't... and Fates both hit in February in the West? I think they did, but I think Fates definitely did, and I mean, it made stupid money. So I think Fire Emblem though would kind of want just more of a marketing lead time. I like I actually kind of agree with John that you know a Metroid Prime trilogy that does make more sense a, would probably be a good fill in. Here's for that quick turnaround. Here's 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 the other part of this take, and I want to kick it to Steve. Not only do I think Metroid Prime Trilogy will be announced this month and come next month, I am not 100% confident that Metroid Prime 4 is a 2019 title at all. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I think it's yeah. reasonable to believe that that could go either either way. I think people who are saying it's definitely not coming this year, I mean, unless they have specific knowledge that it's not, um, you know, that'd be one thing. But but I I, I think without specific information the gut feeling should be that it could go either way well hold on. I, I, yeah steve go ahead so first off john you were right on the money uh fire emblem awakening actually released in april oh okay uh, that's what i thought yeah june and echoes released in april so that's a really fates was definitely february in the west I, I remember because I worked for Nintendo when Fates oh, launched. Maybe that's true. Yeah, double check. Oh. I could swear it was a February release in the West uh, because I remember, unless my memory is just fucked. I, and Bourbon I can do that. I remember February for uh, <laughs> for Awakening, but yeah, let's look at Western. I could swear both those were February. I did not work at Nintendo when Awakening hit, but I did when Fates hit, and I remember that. Uh, that's a but great question. But I, I could be oh, wrong. Okay, so I apologize. Uh, it released but, almost a year earlier in Japan in April. Yeah. At least in, in North America the following February. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we were both so, right. And we were both But right. it's also going to be unusual for Everyone's Fates. Wrong. Have we have we gotten specific word was whether or not um, Three Kingdoms is going to launch worldwide simultaneous? Or are we going to have that year long so. delay? So my problem with right. even an April date for Three Houses is that we've heard almost nothing. No, yeah. We've seen, we've seen almost nothing. So. Unless there's a direct this month that just blows the lid off of this game, I don't see it releasing even in the next 90 days. I mean, that's reasonable. Right? Yeah. Uh, So I could see it being a summer game. You know, if anything, it it could be at E3 or something like that. But I anticipate Nintendo is going to focus on a much more well-known, like, first-party game like Animal Crossing or Metroid. Animal Crossing is E3, like, territory. That's going to be the showcase, man. Animal Crossing and Pokemon is going to be Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's too early. Like, I think it's too early for us to hear about Pokemon Gen 8 right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like that's going to be an E3 and beyond thing. I think the smart money, I think the smart money is on... I, and here's the thing. I don't think Fire... Because this is going to be Fire Emblem's first time on a home console. and that's In a while. Home console in Since the what? Wii, like, right? Yeah. yeah. Since Radiant was, Dawn. It was the Wii. Yeah, no, you're right. No, there, there, there was a couple on the Wii. Um, there was just but, the one. It was just Radiant Dawn. It was just the one, yeah. Radiant Dawn. Yeah, it was Radiant Dawn on the Wii was, was the last one that we've seen. But, it, but it's been a while. Um, I don't think that they're going to devote an entire direct... Or like, I don't think we're gonna. I don't. I don't think. Let me clarify. I don't think we're gonna get a Smash style direct. No. Only Smash would get that kind of direct, though. I don't know any well, other game in Fo- Nintendo staple. Animal Crossing, I think, could potentially get that kind of direct because that is a massively popular franchise. Jeff is like, Jeff is like, I can't. If I hear Animal Crossing, <laughs> Derek disrespected Animal Crossing. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> but um, I mean, we, but, we have had Fire Emblem, like centric 
direct before, but it although was, that included mobile stuff so I, yeah. it was heroes uh, and echoes Echo. and fates and yeah, i don't, all, think, like I don't think metroid prime 4 or not fates um direct because like metroid i love metroid metroid prime is one Wars. of my favorite games of all time but metroid doesn't have the the mind share that like an like you know mario or zelda or even animal crossing has um so so i don't like so like there's got to be that one game if there is a direct next yeah. week, and, and like next week i think maybe we will get a direct uh, and neither bayonetta nor but, pikmin are big enough to blow the windows not. out so but I, I mean i love animal crossing is that a deep enough game to have like a you know like a smash it works because you have all the different fighters and they're different like how do you i don't know i don't see nothing how do will have it. as big of a like as much strict yeah. like airtime as smash did but i do think I'm animal crossing will end up being a major part of the e3 showcase there's yeah, it's okay. just too showcase. big it's one of their biggest evergreen titles animal crossing is something well, they also, can put animal crossing out and it will make them money for the next five years yep. um so it's a big deal for them animal crossing new leaf was one of the biggest priorities when i was there was continuing to push that years after launch Absolutely. so one one um thing i've heard just you know speculation and stuff and i think um this is actually something we predicted um i think john um john and zach mentioned in their like predictions is like some kind of like 2d zelda or something yeah, we've heard a lot of word about that there's been a lot um, of I, yeah. I don't know what steve has heard about that but because um, you know the announcement of a zelda title is gonna be would be a big deal oh. no no matter what and that would get a ton of time in a direct steve what do you think about that man so i've i've definitely heard that there's a, a new zelda title for this year uh but that it's a smaller title it's like a 2d like you said a 2d zelda and while i do agree that a zelda title would get a good amount of time in a direct i think that they would uh I don't want to say like under underexpose it, but they would place the appropriate amount of focus for a 2D yep. game because right now where yeah, yeah. most people's attention on the grandiose nature of Zelda would be on a 3D like a sequel to Breath of the Wild, and we're definitely not getting that. Yeah. Um, so I think I think uh, it's way too early in the year for for a 2D Zelda to be revealed. What I've heard is that <laughs> if it is in fact coming in 2019, it's late. It's a holiday. It's not going to be like, like, yeah. like Smash window, Smash release. That'll be a good right. supplementary late late year yeah. title. Right. Yeah, like that'll be like November, like Link Between Worlds. Supplementary my ass. I'll drop fucking everything I have for a 2D Zelda. Well, it I mean, mean supplementary I mean, isn't it isn't like, Pokemon, Pokemon or Animal Crossing, you know? So, it, it, yeah, uh, fucking 2D Zelda. Um, I also think this is going to be the year of, uh, of Mario Maker 2. I think I think the right I, I think I think you need a 2D Mario. I don't think New Super Mario Brothers uh, U uh, Deluxe is going to cut it. I'm really excited for it, but I, I don't think that's going to be their big Mario title this year because it's I mean, it's a port. I think Mar a Mario Maker 2 uh, uh, announcement sometime this year with like a uh, I don't know maybe an that seems like a good slot for an October first party Nintendo game Mario Maker 2. I don't know. I think it's I think it's entirely possible. What's going um, on with Retro's game that was rumored? What? Yeah, the, the, Star, the Fox Star Fox Racing. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard there's. Haven't we heard that there's some? There was some difficulty in develop. There was that which was kind of like a little rocky, but was moving ahead. And there's another project that was so rocky we might as well have considered it not started. So I know um, that they. I, I the rumor I'd heard, and I don't know what Steve has heard, but the rumor that I had heard was that they had two projects going, and one of them was canceled. Um, yes. Yeah. So that, that's, that sounds that's about right. As well. Um, wasn't there also Luigi's Mansion 3 announced? That's coming. That's coming this year. Shit, we didn't even think of it. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Um, shit. 
That's oh, another solid mid-level release yeah. for Nintendo. It'll be a really good yeah. game. It will I do love, well. It's not gonna be. It's okay. not gonna be Pokemon or Animal Crossing. The original is so much better. The original is so much better. I like having the single mansion. big mansion. Team one mansion. So so I, I so I'm with you there, but I just I I think that like I I love the fact that. I mean, because Luigi's Mansion is like four hours long, right? And I love spending time with that character. But I think Luigi's infinitely more interesting than Mario could ever be. So I just, I, I just, there's something about the aesthetic and the and, and the length uh, of of Dark Moon that I really love. I do agree that One Mansion is better, and I think that's what they're going to go back to for Luigi's Mansion Three. Um, well, I didn't mean to start a fight. I was just no, talking no, no. about potential <laughs> potential <laughs> games that start could be coming out. Over Luigi's <laughs> I will burn this mansion to the ground. But uh, but no, dude, I had I didn't yeah, I hadn't even thought about Luigi's man. Like fuck, like Steve Steve hit the nail on the head when we. This is a busted year, man. Like, what a fucking year this is going to be for Nintendo. Like holy shit, yep. just well, think about that. Like Luigi's Mansion, Animal Crossing, potentially there is a Metroid game coming out. Uh, I'm gonna have to pick first party titles to pass on this year. I'm not gonna have time for all of them. Like, like, like I mean, <laughs> we. We still don't know what the fuck is going on with Pikmin 4. That could be a, a 2009. That was almost done six years ago. I mean, like, yeah, right? like, who knows what's going on with that? Fire Emblem, I mean, four, a, whatever. a 2D Zelda. I mean, holy shit, Nintendo. Well, yeah, and like, also like, keep, keep in mind, too, like, you know, Sony and Microsoft are kind of winding down their support for their current consoles and, you know, looking forward to next gen stuff like this year is going to be a nintendo dominated well year. we got to see what third parties have in store because like the first several months of this well, year yes, but I mean, third but parties I mean, are like, fucking killing of, it so in terms of like hardware, out of the first parties hardware right. pushes and hardware first parties push. and stuff like i, I just I don't feel good saying like oh sony's gonna have a rough year when they've got like ace combat and sekiro and devil may cry and, and like so much, yeah i didn't mean so much rough year i just yeah meant, like, yeah yeah I mean, the past few years of the PS4 have been exceptional. I'm just providing um, an asterisk to what you're saying yeah, is all. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disputing like, it. This is a system in its sixth so year. Every analyst, <laughs> every analyst, including our good friend Matt Piscatella at NPD, has predicted that Switch will be the big hardware hardware seller this year. I oh yeah, 110 percent. Switch is going to kill it this year. Oh, yeah. It's going to fucking murder it. It's, it's there's it's, no way PS4 and Xbox do what they did. I, I, my big, when we talked about 2019 predictions, I said that, that Gen 8 Pokemon is going to leave a smoking crater in the ground that we're all standing at the lip of and, and staring in the center at all. Um, like Gen 8 Pokemon, it does not have to be some Breath of the Wild style reimagining. Big, good HD Pokemon on a system as popular as the Switch with that Switch multiplier in action, it's going to move consoles it's going to move units it is going to nobody is going to be prepared for the sales numbers this holiday season so oh, and, absolutely and, oh no i i i completely agree and and i i, should, I want to point out something that uh rar said in chat i hadn't considered this um what about october for luigi's mansion 3 i love I it that's actually what that's actually what why i thought about, about it when you mentioned october that and then like, november hey, for pokemans yeah yeah, I love it. And we're not we're not even considering like possible Wii U ports, just kind of like to pad out the, the Xenoblade X, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Wonderful One Hundred One. I, I want that. Bravely Duology, give me an HD Bravely Tokyo Duology. Mirage Sessions, is choke me to death. Times, I don't know, Steve. You tell me what you think, but I think Tokyo Mirage Sessions is a hundred percent more likely than Xenoblade Chronicles X. I don't think you're going to see an export. I, I think have both, a sealed copy both of that on my shelf. I need them. Oh, we lost Sean. To port it. Oh no, we lost. 
We lost John. Right, John's gone. It's okay. Uh, yeah, it's because oh, he talks shit about the Xenoblade X port. <laughs> I'm back. Um, I'm back. I'm sorry for talking about Xenoblade X that way. I'm sorry. I should never have done it. I, I hope this isn't too. Uh, I hope this isn't too off topic. But like, since we're just talking about Nintendo and ports and stuff like that, uh, and we got some Nintendo folks on the podcast right now, is there any chance that we ever see uh, like the 3DS like Ocarina of Time stuff hit Switch, or is? Ooh. No, I'm not saying like this year, just in general. Like I would I would love to play those games, but like I don't have a 3DS. I don't, and I've I, don't, heard... I don't think I, it's I out of the it. question to see Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask hit as like eShop titles, maybe okay. down the road. Like they're not gonna get majorly remastered, I don't think. I don't think so. No, but I've heard they were developed or rendered, like created with at a high resolution and then just downscaled for the 3DS. So Yeah, people have people have emulated them and there's a ton of texture detail that's just entirely lost on the 3D. Absolutely. Um, that said, I don't think they're coming, or at least I don't think Ocarina is coming anytime soon. I Not do think soon. the Switch has a really long life ahead of it, especially yep. if we start talking about upgrading to a Switch Pro at some point. I think that Nintendo is going to ride that popularity as long as they can. Um, but there is a very interesting Zelda-related Easter egg in an unreleased game that I can't yet talk about. Which, it's so far out of place that it leads me to wonder oh, really? if Nintendo's doing something with one of those old games. That's all I can say. Oh, really? Steve, Steve you're dropping those <laughs> one other thing. nuggets. Those, uh, those, those nuggets on, on SDGC here. Wow. Them frosty nugs of, wow. of wisdom. Oh, God. I'm actually just more confused. I'm, I'm like, I'm actually. It's a it's a weed reference, Justin. To... Don't be confused. No, I'm more confused <laughs> what game this is in than. We'll find than out soon enough. Okay, let me some ground rules real quick. After we get after we go off the air here in a minute, nobody is allowed to to bug Steve. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's let's leave that one no, where yeah, it lies. Of course, of course. Nobody, be respectful. Um, Maddie had a thing. Yeah, one other 2019, possibly 2019 title, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. Yeah, that's like right. Maybe this oh, year. Yes. Shit, you're right. But maybe, maybe not in the West. It might just be Japan this year. There'll then, be a delay for local. That's yeah, not going to be worldwide. Oh, hey, Imran's back. Imran says, based on knowing what you've been playing, I know what you're talking about. I might yeah. talk to Imran quite a bit. The plot <laughs> fucking thickens, my friend. That's the difference between I'm the people who are further into the industry than us versus us us amateurs. So the plot thickens. Um. So so we're bumping up against an hour and a half, and we should probably start wrapping this bad boy up. Uh, let's do some housekeeping real quick. Um, for everybody in chat. So I want to just point out that our chat has been growing uh, steadily every single week. I'm really happy about that. Uh, if as you guys can see here in chat. Um, I'm wearing my my uniform tonight here, and I we are going to put those I've decided today back on sale uh, very soon uh, with a couple different colors. Uh, I'm wearing the purple one here. There's going to be uh, kind of a pink. Why would you one pick not? Our, okay, that's why. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> our other color. Our yeah. other color. It, it, there's there's going to be purple and pink, uh, and uh, you guys will be able to purchase those very very soon. I am also working on, and this is uh, a a. I've not told anybody in the podcast this yet, so this is a this is a, a first for everybody here. I am working on. We are having SDGC beanies. Yes. Okay. Uh, so you guys, you can give the poor Gungeon one a rest. I, I can I can finally retire the yoga. No, he finally can't. wash it. I, I probably no, he can't because I was on. I hosted kind of funny with Greg Miller with this fucking thing on my head, and now it, I'm probably cursed to wear this thing for the rest of my life uh but uh but yeah so sdgc beanies are going to be coming down the pipeline as well 
Um, and uh, Dio in chat says, your uniform is a Waluigi outfit. Where is it? Um, <laughs> the one I ordered does not fit, so I had to return it. And You're too swole like, for Waluigi. Like, literally, like, literally, the hat, like, looked like I was wearing a propeller beanie on my head. Like, this tiny little, like, <laughs> like I, I was like, there's absolutely no fucking way I'm wearing this thing. Did we I'm just like, get Reb back? Reb, what's going on? Give us an update on the story. Y'all still fucking rolling? Give us a yes. Give us an update on the story. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm paying the bills right now, but you got something juicy for us? Uh, did, did you guys already talk about it? No, no not really. Because no. there was no further info. I looked up a couple articles, but I couldn't find anything beyond what you said, basically. So. Uh, yeah, I Give mean, a it, quick was, update. it was a little weird. Yeah, it was a little weird. So, yeah, I guess there's apparently no news story so weird that you can't just throw fucking epic games into it and make it weirder. Real <laughs> yeah. quick, real quick, real quick. Guys, super important announcement. Breaking news for everybody. No, no more. My wife, Vicky, is in I, chat right now. So everybody oh. Oh, hey, hi, Vicky. Vicky. I was going to say, I can't see what what could be so important, but hi, Vicky. <laughs> I, she, hi, Vicky. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm required by marital law. Yeah, no, you're fair. Anyway, Rebecca, please continue. Uh, yeah, so I guess just, oh, hold on, I just like... It's like I maritime keep... law, but it's timeless. Mm. Sorry, I always forget that my push-to-talk button is also accidentally a back button on my browser. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, I guess um, improbable in that ridiculous blog post they did... Um, they were confident for a reason. Um, they have partnered with Epic Games to establish a $25 million fund to help developers, quote, transition to more open engines, services, and ecosystems. AKA is... Unreal. Okay, Unreal. Yeah, basically, um, the statement was penned by CEO Tim, Tim Sweeney and CEO, uh, Improbable CEO Herman Narula. Um, oh. Epic Games is partnering with Improbable. Um, they're creating a fully open Unreal integration for Spatial OS. Um, and yeah, so the fund is getting sourced from Unreal Dev Grants, Improbable Developer Assistance Funds, and Epic Games Store funding. Um, we believe that we are at the beginning of an unprecedented age of inclusive online games that become parts of our everyday lives. Enabling this will take much more than epic or improbable. It will take a vastly more mature, broad-based industry to enable this future. A community of companies connected by values, such as fair and openly disclosed business terms, respect for developer choice, and full interoperability between platforms, software, and services. We encourage others with a similar vision to reach out so we can find ways to make it come sooner. So I I want to make a comparison point here. Does is anybody else getting the same energy off this? Is like, <laughs> for example, when that one guy at Google put out the super sexist memo and then got fired and immediately turned that into a talk show run. <laughs> like, is anyone else getting that? I'm not saying that there's an alt right thing going on here. I'm just saying, is anyone else getting that same kind of energy <laughs> off of this? Like, whoo. I, just, I, I love because this they, is they fucked up and they're trying to turn we fucked up into we are being oppressed and everyone is being oppressed and come join us in our oppression. This has to, you know, this has to be the fastest turnaround of that that I've ever seen. It's pretty quick. Oh, you know, but I mean, okay. So, like, if you look at the timeline on this, that like, if you combine the Unity story and the Improbable story, I mean, I still we still don't know what Improbable did that upset Unity, but this. You can you can probably take what Unity says that this has been going on for a year at face face value. So it sounds like Improbable and Unity had some sort of kerfluffle that never got resolved or was a problem, and who knows who was at fault there. 
But regardless, and probable has been thinking about how it was going to respond to this for a long dang time <laughs> and so i'm sure that because improbable was in control of this news improbable was the one who who started it. who well right yeah i mean they basically came out and said today like they, they were the ones who dropped the post and said yeah unity fucked up what's their problem they changed their terms of service those jerks um and you know they're they're ruining all these developers now like they basically said that and Unity is now accusing them of lying about that, but Unity did not control when this narrative dropped. Improbable did. So um, them dropping that was obviously them knowing that they had Epic kind of in their pocket. I'm not it's, liking it, Epic's involvement in this. No. It almost sounds mm -hmm. like it almost sounds like they dropped that news to get people already like starting to think about switching to Unreal before the like yeah. official thing came out. Well, and it's weird because I read the official thing uh, a little bit in an article, and they talk about like devs who are affected by like unity's like dropping support and like the stuff that unity explicitly said was not going to happen so even the the announcement or like correct me if i'm wrong like referenced that kind of thing happening that they in their original post said unity was doing that they were going to cut support for people who use their um middleware technology their spatial os or whatever um and and again that's the stuff that unity came out and explicitly said was not going to happen that they were going to, like you said, grandfather in people from before. Yeah, I mean, I I get it. Like, And I, I said this in chat earlier. I didn't actually say this like on, on the camera or anything. Um, but, I mean, there are still some developers who are worried. And I get why they're worried. Because they're looking, I mean, improbable isn't wrong. I haven't, I mean, I'm not a legal person. I don't, like, understand legalese. But it does seem that there is something to be concerned about in the way Unity's terms of service are worded. Um, it also sounds like Unity is at least front-facing, saying that, hey, we are going to continue supporting you guys. And if it, and it kind of seems like they'll probably revisit those terms of service and do something to adjust the wording of them to mean what they are supposed to say they mean. That may, I mean, they may or may not do that. I don't, I don't know. I don't have enough background on what kind of a company Unity has been in the past to say what I expect them to do one way or another. But I mean, it does seem like there's some sort of concern. And so Epic is swooping in and saying, hey, you guys are worried. Come over to Unreal. We got a spatial OS integration. It'll be easy breezy. Yeah. We'll give you money. Fuck, yeah. This is super weird. Take our Fortnite money. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. So it's uh, spatial OS, the improbable. They're saying that today, like suddenly, oh, it was so sudden. The terms of service changed. And then Unity says, we knew about it a year ago. And then they come out with this deal that it sounds like they've known well so improb yeah. improbable is saying this is a change in the terms of service that happened on december 4th um okay, and that so... they they only received a clarification from unity today gotcha. that specified that their stuff was no longer going to work i'm take i'm translating that into today unity finally turned off their freaking um or, uh, unity keys and said you guys can't use this anymore and but that's something that had been brewing for a long time, it sounds like. I don't know. Yeah. There, there is some story here somewhere. Wait, Where's this Jason story Schreier? Needs Where's, to be so, bigger. Where's Jason fucking Schreier when you need that, man? This, this news, the beginning of this news story definitely got, like, way overshadowed by Destiny and, um, you know, Bungie and Activision. But I think by the end, this has turned into a significantly bigger long-term story to Epic, me. And I hope Epic it gets continuing involved. coverage. Epic being involved means this is going to get way more. This is going to be headlines tomorrow. Yeah, because every single like site and anybody talking about 
like the business side of wow. the industry is laser focused on anything Epic does at this point. Yep. Absolutely. Epic is fucking playing cards left and right, man. Like they're not. I do not like their involvement not, with I this. Don't, I don't like. They just, do they just have a, is, is, they're just like not afraid because they have so much money? Honestly, is that what's happening? Well, how much did they, they made like what, X billion dollars off Fortnite <laughs> in the last, three, like. Three billion in profit. Yeah, in Jesus profit. Fuck. That's after costs. <laughs> like that's the, that's the, the take home money. Yeah. By uh, next gen, there's, there's going to be no Switch 2, PS6, Xbox 3. It's just going to be the Epic Box. And every every game, every developer is going to be rolled up uh, into the Epic Box. Put, put I aside mean, I will all say the... better, better the Epic Box than the Mad Box. I Putting would, aside yeah. all the... Yeah. Yeah. We, we, touch the map. we can talk about the Mad <laughs> Box next week. We can talk about the Mad yeah. Box next week. Because it is get, we are getting along in the two. I do have some cool announcements to... Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You were teasing an announcement that none of us knew about. Yeah. And so then, we're, we're not, we're, no, it was the bean. It was the beanie. Oh, it was the beanies. Okay. Uh, but um, but we there's some also. And I just want to point out that uh, Rebecca, we're so glad that you came back for the end of the episode. Yeah, I'm so glad um, I caught you guys. But uh, we got some very. So we have what I call the caravan of guests going on right now. Steve was an excellent guest tonight. We really enjoyed having you on, Steve. Thanks for um, having me. Next week, oh, so we have guests coming on like one after the other for the next few weeks. Next week, we have Lucy O'Brien, uh, from IGN. Is next uh, week Lucy? What's that? Yeah, next week is Lucy, and after that, it's next, Jeff Grubb. Next week is Lucy. The week after that is Jeff Grubb uh, from Games Beat. So Jeff Grubb will be on. Uh, I can now confirm to you that Jeff Canada will be coming on the podcast as well. Um, I don't know if he's going to be doing a live podcast or pre-recorded content with us. We were talking about that, but he is going to be doing some kind of collaborative effort with SDGC, and that's not even counting uh, our guest that I cannot name yet. But a uh, very big, very cool, very well-known guest that I'm very, 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 very excited to have on the podcast who will be joining us um, soon. Soon is all I can say. But I'm very, very excited for that. So as Square Enix would say, please be excited for the future uh, on that one. Um, and with that, uh, just a couple more things. Don't forget, um, we have uh, our episode, what is it? We up to seven, uh, Derek, on our Final Fantasy retrospective? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, seven, seven went up. Um, we need what to record more. We haven't done eight. We, haven't done we need eight. to record okay, so, more. So, so we'll, we'll work this, on getting that together. Yep. Well, I think this weekend we might be looking at recording some more. And uh, not only will Natalie Flores, but uh, Tom Johnson will be joining us uh, as well for some of those. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be really cool. Um, and uh, I need to get Natalie on the podcast, like on the Thursday show. You need to wait oh, until yeah. I come back. I'm going to wait till you come back. Because Natalie is my soul. I, I will be out for probably like a month or so while I move to Kansas City and transition into some big life changes. Um, but I'll miss you guys. We, we're going to miss Aww. you too. And, um, and Imran, please feel free to come on whenever you want. You have an open door. Yeah, man. We would love to have you. Wait till I'm back. We're okay. Stop inviting all the people I know onto the podcast when I'm not here. I mean, we're stuck for the next couple of weeks, so. We are. Um, also, uh, smaller things uh, coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, Sunday, John and I are going to sit down um, before Resident Evil 2 hits. We're going to sit down and we're going to go back to Resident Evil 5. And we're going we're gonna to go back and kind of revisit this and regather some thoughts. Uh, this has been a long time. It was kind of a, a heated and controversial title. And I think Resident Evil got worse after that. So we're going to look at that and, and do some co-op of that on Sunday. Um, I'm going to be doing some launch day first impressions for Ace Combat 7 um, next Friday uh, as I get started on my review is SDGC's first review of the year. Um, and I that's will, what I got. 
and Derek, I will end on this. I want to uh, remind everybody in chat that Pause for Popcorn is back. Uh, that yeah, is that is Jeff's Jeff and Jeff's movie podcast that Justin appears on, uh, and uh, the relaunched episode of that is up on YouTube and all of our podcast all podcast services right now. I believe so. Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. You can find uh, Pause for Popcorn on there, and I am so happy to have our our movie podcast back jeff so that is that is fantastic i'm so we're so glad that you're back period and um uh when can we expect the next episode of pasta popcorn mm, uh well i want to clarify it's mine and justin's podcast uh we're okay. equal partners no, I said justin. <laughs> you said justin appears on it but um okay. yeah i you know we haven't talked uh for our next recording i think both of us want to have it at least be a monthly thing and if we get them out even more often uh, that's great. So we'll hopefully maybe even try and record a couple episodes next time, and then we can just kind of start spacing those out and getting a good flow thing. So, uh, but yeah, the response to the first one has been really good. So yeah, we're we're st we're still working on specific plans, but it's going to be way more often than the what three episodes we did in the entirety of last <laughs> year. <laughs> Yeah. and uh no very very glad to have that back and of course uh, uh justin and i and our new co-host at nihon tiger on twitter have relaunched uh the support class podcast for anxious gamers yeah. and in february uh dr rafael bocamazo who is the clinical director of take this.org will be on the podcast to talk about coping mechanisms with us All right. uh so please look forward to that and well if nobody has anything else it's not always poetry we don't always agree but we all keep it real. So until next time, everybody, please take care of each other. And thank you for joining us tonight.